So we've been in a, a teaching series straight out of the book of Luke, following Jesus as he resolutely turns his face towards Jerusalem. And right in the heart of Luke, Jesus tells us a story, maybe, a, maybe the greatest story ever, to, ever told. A story uh, that I'm going to need some help telling. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's a story about a father with two sons. So do we have any dads here with two, uh, with two sons? Yeah. We got a couple. How about, uh, um, I picked on the Osteens a lot. How about Charles Walter? Charles, you want to come up here and help me out? So that means, uh, that means I need Nicholas and Stephen as well. So go ahead. Let's help them get up here. Charles, you can have the seat here in the middle. You guys are doing great. Don't worry, today is super easy. All right, Stephen, you get to play the part of the younger son. Why don't you come stand right over here? Nicholas, so excited to be here. The older son, you get to play that. And Charles is the dad. So maybe for some of you, uh, this is a familiar story, but it's not old news. Let's read it together. In Luke chapter 15, it begins, go ahead, Lynn, there it is. A man had two sons. The younger son, Stephen, told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth before his sons. This is the story. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land where he wasted his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, this is your part. The older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. And the old brother was angry <laughs> and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, 
But he replied, all these years I've starved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. (laughs) Yeah, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, thanks for adding that, please. You celebrate by killing the fatted calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. Have you heard this story before? Right in the heart of Luke's gospel, Jesus tells this story that reveals so much to us. And he re- it, uh, it, it unfolds like a play, like a drama. And in this drama are three characters, a younger son, a father, and an older son. Let's talk about the older son for a minute. Uh, do we have any firstborns in this room? Any firstborns? Firstborns, uh, uh, what is your feeling towards, uh, towards your younger siblings? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Firstborns, uh, do, you, do you have this sense that maybe you've kind of paved the way for your younger siblings? Uh, were your parents uh, easier on your younger siblings or tougher? Easier. Yeah, easier. They get away with... Exactly. Because the older son has paid the price. In this story... Um, you see the relationship dynamics happening. Uh, and it, this is one of those stories where I wish there was more information. Before all of this took place, what do you think the relationship between the younger son and the older son was? You think it was contentious maybe already? Strained at the least? Um, I will tell you that, that I guess it's, it's my opinion, but I think churches are filled with older sons. Churches are filled with men and women who want to earn it, want to deserve it, are willing to do the hard work and face everything down to be diligently. They'll even volunteer in the nursery. And maybe that is their sin. It's a sin of of self-effort, a sin of uh, pulling myself up by my bootstraps, of of not needing anyone else or ever having to rely on anyone else. It's a sin of earning. They would rather deserve it, earn it, achieve it, than be gifted it. Trying to earn his acceptance as a son is what happens. Haven't I always done everything you've asked? I have starved myself. You think he was hungry? I have starved myself to serve you. You hear these words? Eager to do the right thing over maybe the grace. Because when the father displays grace to the younger son, what is the older son response? He's angry, right? 
refuses to come into the party. Because for the older son, uh, maybe written on his heart are the words, no vacancy. There's no room in his heart for forgiveness. There's no room for grace. He's invited to the party, but doesn't come. The younger son, on the other hand, has all kinds of, uh, you have your own issues, don't you? Are you taller than the older son? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> what do you imagine the relationship between the younger son and the father is before this story? In a moment, the younger son shows up and says, give me what I deserve. Essentially, what's he saying? You're dead. To me, you're dead. So we know it didn't start in this moment, but how many months and years of, of fighting and infighting was there between the father and the younger son? And the younger son says, give me what I deserve. And the father should have said, I'll give you what you deserve. Yeah. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. That's right. Amen. And yet the younger son uh, receives this incredible gift. We don't know if the father, through exasperation or desperation, gives the younger son exactly what he asked for. It can be a blessing and curse, can it? The younger son receives his inheritance and uh, then uh, lives la vida loca, moves to Las Vegas, has an incredible time until what? Until that thing that he craves, the thing that he always wanted, so self-sufficiency, right? Like if his sin is anything, it's a, it's a sin of self. It leaves him, uh, leads him starving to the pig pen. He is, you get to be the sinner. Literally waist deep in, I've been around pig pens, you get this sense that, that literally, like, he's, he's, he's this deep in it. When Scripture says, he comes to his senses. I love the, this idea. Even this week, as I, as, I, as I had a kind of a counseling discipleship session with this guy, he, he, he looked at me with tears in his eyes across the table, and he said, you know, I am so tired of sinning. And that's where the younger son lands, right? He gets tired of it, tired of being hungry, tired of being alone, tired of being afraid, tired of sinning. And he hatches a wild scheme. He knows he can't earn it like the, the good older son. He can't earn his father's forgiveness or mercy, and he knows that he doesn't deserve it. But still, he hatches a plan to return to his father. And you see it even as Jesus tells this story. Here's what I'll tell him. When I get back, I'll tell my father that I've sinned against heaven and, I, and I've sinned against you. And, and I don't deserve even to be called your son anymore. But if, if it would be okay, I just want to be your slave. I'd come back just to be your servant. He says, I'm tired of sinning. 
and I want to come home. And then verse 20 of Luke 15, I think maybe one of the most like shattering verses in the Bible. It says, And while the younger son was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Not filled with anger or resentment or hurt, but filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. I think it's interesting that the, the dad waits. Uh, maybe, uh, again, we don't know this whole story. Do you have a sense that maybe the dad went and searched for the younger son at some point? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe couldn't find him, or maybe did find him, and what happened in that moment? But in this moment, we see the father out of deep love and compassion for her, his youngest son, waiting. Have some of you been in that place before? Maybe some of you are in that place now. He didn't chase him. He waited. And when his son was still a long way off, he saw him coming. And this is the scene, and this scene is the the fulfillment maybe of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not some sort of old news, but incredibly good news. And the Father, written on the Father's heart is, Welcome home. And I love that he says, (laughs) on multiple occasions, to the servants and to the older son, and you need to listen to this older son, he says, don't you know we had to celebrate? Like, like we have to. Not just because the younger son was lost and is now found, but if you look in scripture, he repeats it twice. He says, because the younger son was dead and now has come back to life. Written on the father's heart is the message Welcome home. I want to show you this quick clip to help communicate this message. Go ahead, Lynn. In the story of the prodigal, we find ourselves in this drama of of characters. Maybe you've been uh, the older son trying to earn it, achieve it. Deserve it. Maybe you've been the younger son, committed to self and, and, and figuring it out yourself and doing it yourself. Maybe you've played the part of the father, waiting and hoping. In the story of the prodigal, we find ourselves. In the story of the prodigal, we find the love and the grace of God. This morning, in just a moment, we're going to enter into a time of communion. But it's also a time of response. If there's ways we can pray for you or serve you, I'm just going to move to the back. Maybe as you enter into this space, ask yourself, are you tired of trying to earn it?
Are you ready to accept the gift of God's grace, a gift you can't achieve or earn? Have you been keeping yourself out of the party? Maybe like my friend this week, you're just tired of sinning. You've been this deep in it and you're ready to come to your senses. No matter which brother you've been, this morning I invite you to repent and to return. God, your Father, is waiting for you. He has a party planned just for you. Not just because you are lost and now have been found, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, you who were dead have been brought back to life. Let me say a prayer for us. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for this story so transparent that we see ourselves in it. Like we all see the parts we've played, maybe different parts. But at the end of this story, Father God, it doesn't matter where you begin. At the end of this story, through repentance, through the blood and sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, waiting for each and every one of us is a welcome home sign. So, Father God, those who are, are, are uh, filled with pride and trying to do it themselves or those who have been lost in sin, trying to find it some other place. In this moment, God, I pray that your spirit would move and speak to hearts and that even now in this place, we would see a return and we would know what it feels like to come over the rise and see you waiting for us with open arms of love and compassion and grace. Father God, wherever we're at today, wherever each person here is, I pray that they would move in the direction of your grace. It's a gift that's only possible because of your son, Jesus Christ. So Father God, we remember him and his sacrifice for us. Move in us. We love you, Father. And in your son Jesus' name, everybody together says,